I don't know about you guys, but I haven't watched a whole lot of MLB just because of the football that's been going on. Uh, how, how much of MLB baseball have you guys watched? I know the Braves are on. They were on a few hours ago. So uh, they're on right now. Still on. What's the score? What's the score? Top of the game? seventh tie game, four to four. I've watched a lot of MLB playoffs actually, and and in my opinion, I, I think that it kind of stinks that they do MLB playoffs on Saturdays and Sundays because I feel like that Red Sox Rays game on Sunday, the the thirteen or fourteen inning thriller, whatever it was, that that kind of got lost in the wayside of all the NFL football. There wasn't as many people that watched it because of that, and it really stinks because uh, you know the. I feel like the playoffs this year have been phenomenal. Every game uh, has has you can see the momentum and the energy that these teams carry in their cities. Uh, the Red Sox uh, have have had a great postseason. I did I didn't even think that they were going to beat the Yankees honestly in the wild card game, and now they're going to the ALCS. Uh, they they've been on a heck of a run. The White Sox were eliminated today. The Astros are going to the ALCS. So it'll be Red Sox Astros there. Uh, Braves have a chance to win it today. Uh, Luke Jackson just made a great pitch, so we'll we'll see. Uh, I, I I love the MLB playoffs. It's 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 awesome. Yeah, Matt, this is the first year ever that I have watched every single second of the MLB playoffs, not counting a couple Dodgers Giants innings here and there because I don't stay up that late. But these games, the Rays Red Sox series was awesome. I know it was a three one series, but. Every single game was fantastic. The Dodgers Giants series has also been really good. I've actually been pretty surprised by it because the the pitching has dominated that series. I thought we would see a lot more hitting than we have. The Braves Brewer series has been really good. The Braves have kind of surprised me. I thought I thought we'd do well, but I mean we're we're really sticking with them. The Brewers were probably the third best team, second best team in the National League this year. They looked really good coming into the postseason. And uh, our pitching staff has done a good job so far um, keeping them down. Even the bullpen's been pretty good. Um, I've I've enjoyed every second of it. It's been great. And that's what's been crazy is, like, the, the Brewers have been the team that they were all season. I just felt like they were going to find a way. The bats were going to get a little bit hotter because their pitching's been phenomenal all year. And when you have a guy on the back end, in the back end of your bullpen like Josh Hader, and we, we had to see him in game one whenever the Braves were down – that that dude's a, a game ender. When you see him come in the game, it's like, all right, well, let's come back out tomorrow and regroup and, and see how we can do. And the Braves have just kind of and, and it, weirdly enough, it hasn't been like they've had these massive innings. They had a two run inning in the in game two that kind of gave them a little bit of, lead, of a lead. And then outside of that, you had Jock Peterson's three run bomb in game three that that was the only offense that the Braves had all day. It's been pitching and man, I've been impressed by the Braves bullpen because all year that was the that was the the spot of the Braves that needed the most help. Uh and including the back end with Will Smith. He hasn't he hasn't been a, a Mr. Automatic all year. But but man, it, it's and, and it's in October and, and the this is when it matters and Bullpens look great. Luke Jackson's had a really good uh, postseason. So has Tyler Matzik. Tyler Matzik has pitched, I think, in every game to this point. So he pitched in games one and two and three, and he's been lights out. Yeah, I've always said playoff baseball is undefeated. Like, it is it is really exciting. And the Dodgers are on the brink of elimination. Who, who would have who thought that when the Dodgers acquired all those pitchers, Max Scherzer, all these other guys, all the, uh, you know, they're able to pay all these big players. Who would have thought that the Dodgers would be on the brink of elimination? Well, I, I, there's a few things that go into that. 
Uh, one, Trevor Bauer is not even with them because right. of all of the legal matters off the field. So that's that's one that you lose. Uh, last year, in, in the past couple of years, uh, a guy that has been massive for the Dodgers has been Kike Hernandez. Hernandez. And he's yes. not there anymore. He's with the Red Sox, and he actually had the walk-off last night that, yeah. that put the Red Sox in the ALCS. So that's two guys that they're losing. Cody Bellinger has been a shell of himself this year. He's been one of those guys. He's been bipolar. He's either extremely hot or extremely cold. He's been on a, a on a on a non-existent streak here recently. And then Max Muncie, uh, being a guy that they they lost, who his been their best hitter all year long, and even last year in the playoffs had a lot of big hits. Uh, when they lost him because of the dislocated elbow, I think that kind of sealed their fate in a lot of ways because they're trying to overcome that. Now, with Max Max Scherzer being there, uh, that, that was a huge addition. I still think the Dodgers can win this series just because they've got the pitching to do it. I mean, up and down that roster, they're freaking loaded. So, I wouldn't count the Dodgers out just yet, but I think people undersold how good the Giants were all year too, even though they won 108 games, which is crazy. Can we talk about something else that's going on right now besides the Braves game? I'm sitting here watching Louisiana beat the tar out of App State. They're up 20 to 7 in the first half. It's kind of the beginning of the second quarter and App State just threw another interception. I'm not used to seeing App State and getting the getting the brakes blown off them like this. This is crazy. So I I love the fun belt being on Tuesdays and and that's cool and and now we get Kyle, we basically get football. We're about to get to a point where we're going to have football every day of the week. Except for the, like, I think they start to taper off on Friday nights a little bit. But we're about to have NFL uh, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, college football, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's going to be insane. And look, Louisiana is a good team, man. And, 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 if if there's anybody that's going to beat App State, not Georgia Southern, I'm a fan of them. So I'm a fan of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns right now. I am too. I'm a big Billy Napier guy. I think he's a guy that if Edo does get fired from LSU, like we talked about in the last episode, he is a guy I could see them kind of trying to pull from that Louisiana bloodline and bring him up and uh, have him take over. I think he's a big culture fit. Um, he's a guy who can redo what Edo kind of destroyed at LSU uh, besides that 2019 season. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm a big fan, and I hate App State, so I love seeing them get slobber-knockered. Let's be honest. 2019 was not Ed Orgeron's coaching job. It was Joe Brady's. If, if they don't have Joe Brady that year, LSU probably doesn't do what they did. Joe Burrow, I don't think, would have been as effective as he was. And 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 I will give Joe Burrow his credit, too. Joe Burrow being on that team with the talent, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, or Jordan Jefferson, whichever one it is, one of them, one of the Jefferson boys, uh, the I mean, those dudes were ballers. They had Randy Moss's son as the tight end. They had... Uh, they were loaded. Their offensive line was loaded. I mean, and they had Clyde Edwards-Elaire coming out of the backfield. So I feel like Ed Orgeron is riding on the coattails of 2019, but everyone kind of saw through it even at the time. Like, this isn't really Ed Orgeron that is doing this because they're not winning defensive blow-up battles, which is what, Ed o, what Edo's uh, specialty is. They're winning offensive games. They, were, they went to Austin, Texas, and they won a shootout. They won a shootout against Alabama. Like, it it wasn't defensive games that they were winning, and and 
I have never been an Ed Orgeron fan, so I love to see him struggle, but I want him to stay at LSU forever because I want that program to crumble. Yeah, Matt. Actually, I'm going to take what you're talking about right now and go ahead and bounce into our first mailbag question. We just have a couple for this episode left over from last episode. Um, this one's from at chat s underscore five two nine. If Edo is out, who takes over for him in Baton Rouge? You know, this is kind of a kind of a generic answer. I think they need to find somebody that would, first of all, turn that culture around. Obviously, they need a culture change there, so they need somebody to come in there, reverse what Edo has destroyed at LSU, which is honestly a, a really good school. They, they 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 recruit really well, and lots of kids want to go play there. So you need to get a guy in there. That's going to undo all the bad that Ed O has done. I've seen a lot of different names thrown out there. James Franklin, if he doesn't take the USC job. Uh, Lane Kiffin. Here was my thing about Lane Kiffin. If you're Lane Kiffin and you're ahead of LSU right now at Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is building that program kind of centered around your vision, and they're building facilities and everything, and that you've got this great vision and great relationship with the AD, why would you leave? Well, I'll tell you why, Matt. Part of the reason Lane Kiffin, I mean, I think you're the one that actually told me that. Lane Kiffin doesn't like Oxford because it's not like a big city feel. He likes to be in a big city. Baton Rouge isn't a big city either, but it's pretty close to New Orleans. And New Orleans is a big party town. It's a great place to go out and get hammered. And I think that's what Lane Kiffin likes to do, not just in a college town, but in like an actual big city. Um, I don't really think that's going to happen, but I think that is the reason why I would put him in my top three for coaching candidates if Edo does get fired. See, I, I think LSU would make a run for him, and why wouldn't you? I mean, he's probably, if not the... He's one of the, if not the hottest coaching commodities out there because of what he's done with Ole Miss so far. He's got to be in the top three to five um, for for pretty much every job. His he's going to be mentioned. I feel like, but I mean, I don't I don't see why he would leave from Ole Miss to go to LSU. I mean, if he did, good for him. Um, but uh, to me, the, the what LSU needs is they need a guy like Billy Napier who has taken a lot of time and developed good relationships in Louisiana already, and he's got the clout and everything because LSU, like New Orleans, is a hotbed for recruits, and you recently haven't been seeing LSU keep those guys there. A lot of times, like Dylan Moses was a big-time recruit out of – New Orleans, and he was the number one linebacker in the country, and he went to Alabama. Uh, golly, who was it? There was a there was a, a DB. I don't remember which one it was, but he his mom and everybody they were from New Orleans, and they were like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna go to LSU." And then on National Signing Day, he pulls out the Alabama hat, and they all kind of looked at him like, "Are you kidding me?" And his mom was even kind of po'd about it. There's a lot of talent there in, in New Orleans, and I think that sometimes it takes people that have good relationships in that area to keep people there, and I think Billy Napier would do a great job there. And I, I feel like he's not getting any love for that job at all either, though. Everybody's going for the big names, the James Franklins, the the Lane Kiffins, the Mario Cristobals of the world, but I, I don't know. I feel like they don't making try them trying to make a splash hour higher like that could backfire on them because I, have they even had a resolution with all the sexual harassment stuff that was going on there recently? I don't, I don't think, think they, they have. have. I haven't heard anything about it. So I feel like that's probably still in the NCAA's back pocket, and they're and they're still investigating it. 
So if you if you go make a splash higher like that, and then boom, the NCAA is like, all right, well, we've decided now that we're going to give you some infractions and you lose scholarships. Your program's going to take a hit anyways. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe if you're the AD there, you should get on the phone with the NCAA and be like, hey, uh, are you planning on giving us any infractions for all this stuff that you've been investigating for the past couple of years? See, I actually agree with you, Matt, on that Billy Napier should be the guy to take over um, if Edo does get fired. I think he's a big culture fit, uh, like I was saying before. But I think, and I know I said this, and we don't have to get into a big discussion about it, I think it's going to be Jimbo Fisher. And the reason I think that is because Scott Woodward, the AD for LSU, was the AD at at Texas A&M when Jimbo Fisher got the job. The reason that he took that job is because he was promised complete control of the football program. He got this huge, huge pay bump. And I think that Scott Woodward, look, Scott Woodward's the type of guy where he wants to go for the biggest name on the market. He wants to go for the biggest name he can get. He wants the proven commodities like he got with Jimbo Fisher. I think he's going to throw the same thing he threw at him at at, uh, Texas A&M and times it by 15 because LSU can do more than Texas A&M and can win more. And honestly, I think Texas A&M, or sorry, I think LSU has more talent and a better team to work with right now than uh, Texas A&M does. So I'm... I think that's what happens. I would go with Billy Napier, though. See, I, I know you said you don't want to get in a big discussion about that, but I feel like that is a good thing to discuss because you're you're right on the money. LSU is going to pull more talent than Texas A&M. But on top of that, if you're looking down the road, i.e. next year when Texas is coming into the SEC and you've got Steve Sarkeesian who, while – Texas didn't win this past weekend. You can see that Texas is trending in the right direction under Sark's direction so far. With that being said, if I'm Texas A&M, I probably would be looking over my shoulder like, oh, if Texas comes in here, are they just going to come back in and am I going to go back to being little brother again? And if that's the case for Jimbo Fisher, I would definitely look to LSU and be like, that's the spot where I've been before. I know that area. I've won there before. He won a natty there with Saban. Uh, that's where they were assistants. He was a Saban assistant. So, look, I, I, I think that would be – I don't necessarily think it would be a phenomenal hire. I think it would be a good hire. But I, I think it's a great take that you have there. I could definitely see them going after him. Yep, I think that's definitely a possibility. Let's get into a couple of these other questions. Uh, We got one from at the underscore swan. His question is, can Birmingham Southern College run the table and win the SAA to make the playoffs? Absolutely. Go BSC, baby. I'm I'm all for it. I think BSC, easily the best team in the SA. They're going to do it. Hell yeah, BSC. Hell yeah. Shout out to listener Joey Kiernan, linebacker for the BSC football team. Go Panthers. Moving on to our next question. We've got one from at Daniel underscore Connors 58. His question is, what are we thinking about the huge D2 matchup pitting West Georgia against reigning champion West Florida this weekend? Who's the uh, quarterback for West Georgia? Harrison Frost. Harrison freaking Frost. Frostbite. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go West Georgia. Come on. That was our... Uh... One of our high school quarterbacks that we had on our on our roster. Oh, Frostbite! That, that that kid is he he is one of the smartest football players I have ever played football with. He is ridiculously smart. 
So yeah, go, go frostbite. I I remember when when uh like they pull up the freshman like the past or like the last two weeks of the season or something like that. He learned our whole playbook in a, in in a week. He and knew. he was standing up there behind our quarterbacks coach just calling plays. Man, he he knew what the receivers were doing. He knew what the offensive line was doing. He knew what the running backs were doing. He's kind of big. Now. He's gotten big now. Yeah, he's, he's, he's getting pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, old, old, old frostbite. Go wolves, baby. What, uh, West Florida, for y'all that don't know, they are the reigning champions for DT football. They've won the past two seasons. Um, I actually watched them play at West Georgia. Uh, I guess it was 2019, the season they won it. Uh, they're a very good football team. Very, very good football team. But uh, West Georgia all the way. Wolves, wolves gonna do it. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Move on to our next question. This one's from at Mapes Ten. His question is: Does Bama still find a way to make the playoff? They have to win out. They have to win out, and and that includes the SEC championship. If they go undefeated the rest of the way, and even if they play Georgia in the SEC championship and undefeated Georgia, and they lose by three, they're done. That is their playoff game. Their playoff game would be the SEC championship. Um, so yeah, they they, they got to win out. I mean, and and look, Alabama is. I would never count out Nick Saban. I would never count out Alabama. Uh, I think that Alabama is one of the best teams in the country still. Uh, Talent-wise, for sure, they're one of the best teams in the country year in and year out. Uh, Who's going to step up and be a leader on defense? Who's going to step up and and outside of Brian Robinson and Jamison Williams and Bryce Young on offense and, and start manning that ship on the offensive line? If Alabama plays well, if Alabama wins out, they make the playoff. It's plain and simple. If they don't win out, then they don't make the playoff. It, it, it's it's cut and dry, in my opinion. Yeah, Matt, you're 100% right. Alabama has to win out. Well said, Lando. Uh, I'm going to put it the same way as um, one of my coworkers put it. She's a 65-year-old woman who's a big Alabama fan. And uh, she was talking to me today about the game. She didn't watch it, but she reads the paper, and that's where she gets the scores from. She said, oh... All my friends are counting out Alabama. They're counting out the tide. They're counting out Nick Saban. But I keep on telling them, they go learn. They go learn from Professor Saban. Saban don't lose more than one game a year. So I, wow. I actually do think Alabama has a good chance at running the table. Um, obviously, I think they are going to be in that matchup against Georgia. I could see them winning that game. I could still see Georgia and Alabama being back in the national championship again. Um, we'll see what happens. Obviously, it's only week seven going into this week so there's a lot left to be played but Alabama has a lot of talent they definitely got to improve but I think they have the coaching staff and they have the right pieces to do it um I think there's a good chance for sure a good chance we'll see it Wait, I, I feel like your co-worker's name is like Betty or something so, like a her name's Anita Anita oh. yeah yeah, make, yeah yeah I like that I like that little voiceover you did that was really nice thank you I was practicing all morning all right, guys, let's talk about this upcoming week. We got week seven coming. Let's start off with our locks. Lando, who's your lock this week? My lock of the week is going to be in the game between two of the teams I hate the most. That's Oklahoma State and Texas. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Oklahoma State over Texas. I think Oklahoma State's a really good football team, actually. Um, Bedlam is going to be a barn burner, kind of much like what, what, what the Texas game uh, was this past Saturday. So, um I'm really hoping Oklahoma State continues to play really well so that way they can be higher ranked and hopefully Oklahoma can beat them later in the season so that way we can make a better case to make the playoffs. So Oklahoma State over Texas. So my lock of the week is going to be Syracuse to upset Clemson. Uh, Syracuse and 
they, they, in my opinion, they've been playing some pretty decent football here recently. They're three and three, zero and two in the conference in the ACC. Uh, but they lost to Florida State, who I think may have turned a little bit of a corner, and that was a close game. And then they lost to Wake, who is undefeated in overtime at Wake Forest. So uh, right now, Clemson is favored by 14. I think Syracuse is definitely going to cover that 14-point spread. They're playing against a Clemson team who is 0-5 against the spread. Syracuse is 5-1 against the spread. Uh, I like that Clemson, that Syracuse plus 14. And quite frankly, the little bit of me wants to pick, pick Syracuse outright in that game. It's a Friday night. It's at Syracuse. We've seen this before. With a Kelly Bryant-led Clemson team that lost on a Friday night in Syracuse, New York. Um, so uh, that's my lock of the week. Definitely pound the uh, Syracuse plus 14. And then, uh, you know, maybe even they went out right. With Matt, I actually have already bet that game. I think that is a very, very, very good spread for Syracuse, especially with the way Clemson's playing. And another game that I'm pounding as well. Indiana plus three and a half over Michigan State. Indiana gets them at home. Penix, I think, has been the reason Indiana has been bad this year. I think they actually have a really good team. It's just the fact that Penix has been turning the ball over and fumbling just nonstop, and he's not playing in this game. They're going to have their backup play. Um, He was a guy that came in last year and played pretty well. I believe his name is Jack Tuttle. Um, And Michigan State, I think they're a great team, but I think they're starting to get that, like, top like feel like they're a top 10 team starting to get a little cocky I think they're gonna give it up in this game and take that first loss um week seven to me kind of feels like one of those weeks where we don't have a ton of huge matchups so we're gonna get some big upsets so I think this is one of them keys who's your lock of the week my lock of the week is Ole Miss at Tennessee uh Tennessee's been playing really well lately uh, I think Tennessee is actually going to come on top here. They're playing in Neyland, and I, th- I think they're just going to come out and shock Ole Miss. I-, I have Tennessee by 10 points. Wow, that would be very shocking. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get into our Week 7 picks. Uh, obviously, we always pick the Georgia Southern game first. We got Georgia Southern going to South Alabama. South Alabama is a three-point favorite. This game is on Thursday. Lando, who are you picking? Is that game going to be televised? Yes, it'll be on ESPN. Sweet. Georgia Southern. Hail Southern. Yeah. ESPNU Thursday night. Mobile, Alabama. Um, Look, I, I haven't watched a ton of South Alabama this year, uh, but I like the way that Georgia Southern usually matches up with them. Um, so I'm going to pick Georgia Southern here. I think Georgia Southern's playing a little bit better here the past couple weeks. Even last week, they lost to Troy, but I think Troy's decent this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Southern here in a, in a what would be an upset. I don't think I've ever seen Georgia Southern lose in a Thursday game. Every time we play Thursday games, we end up winning, even against App State. Um, maybe our freshman year, we might have lost App State on Thursday. But besides that, that's the only time I can remember it. I honestly hate that we're not playing App State on a Thursday this year. We play them at the end of the season. But this is our Thursday game, and I think we are going to roll, even in the in away game. So, Hill Southern. Moving on to our next game, we got another group of five game. We got UCF. Heading to Cincinnati, taking on the number three team. Cincinnati is a 20-point favorite. Lando, who you got? Cincinnati covers Matt. Yeah, I I like Cincinnati here a lot. I think they're going to get UCF's best shot, though. I think UCF is going to come out and they're going to play really inspired football. Um, But I just don't 
see UCF being able to hang with Cincinnati this year. That defense is fast. They're physical. They play really good football. They're a well-coached team. I like Cincinnati a lot. Desmond Ritter is a really good quarterback. He's done a lot for to to separate himself uh, in the group of five as far as quarterbacks go. In my opinion, I think he's by far the best out of the group of five uh, right now, at least the way that he's playing. I think that Dylan Gabriel is also a really good quarterback for UCF, but pretty sure that he's still out with that broken collarbone. So um, I, I'm going to go Cincinnati here because w- without Dylan Gabriel, I don't think that UCF has uh, the horses to even hang with him. So uh, Cincy big. Yep, I'm right with both of y'all. I think Cincy wins this game huge. Dylan Gabriel being out is going to be a big factor in this game. Um, this was circled in the beginning of the season. This is supposed to be Cincinnati's toughest game outside of Notre Dame. This will not be their toughest game. This will be one of their easiest games. I think Desmond Ritter right now, and you can quote me on it, I think right now he is the best quarterback in college football. I think there's some people like maybe Caleb Williams from Oklahoma when he gets more playing time who might kind of take over for him. Bryce Young, the same thing. But right now, I think put Desmond Ritter on any other team besides Cincinnati, and I think he's the Heisman favorite. So uh, I'm taking Cincinnati, and I think they win by more than 30. And moving to our next game, we got number 19, BYU. I've noted how they're still ranked. Heading to Baylor. Baylor is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Lando, who you got? I got the Baylor Bears. They have uh, actually pretty solid defense, and they're playing decent football. So I'm going to go with the Baylor Bears. Yeah, I, I like Baylor in this game a lot. Uh, it, just because it's a home game, I feel like Baylor is is – They've really surprised a lot of people this year. Um, I think I want. I'm, I'm going to take BYU to cover, but Baylor to win the game. Uh, I, I like BYU getting the six points. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game. Last week with with Boise State uh, be, coming in, I, I don't. I feel like BYU kind of just looked beyond them because it's not the Boise State that we're used to seeing. Uh, but Boise State handled them in that game, so I. I, I I kind of see Baylor playing a really good physical game and setting the tone early. I like Baylor to win. I like Baylor to win, too. I'm a big fan of Dave Aranda. Um, I think one thing we've seen from Oh, LSU. my God. Bomb. Oh, dude. Freddy, baby. ruined it. Damn it. Damn it. You're ahead of us, Matt. God. Damn it, Matt. We're watching. We got the stream, man. Let's go. I'm Let's go. go. Behind me. I'm watching it live. I'm, I'm on streaming, bro. Let's I'm on the app. It's because you apps. have cable. Oh, well, let's go. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> High five. Yay. Frederick Freeman. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick Baylor to win and cover. Moving on to the next game, we have TCU at number four, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a 12-point favorite in this game. Lando, who are you taking? Well, obviously I'm going to take Oklahoma, but... Uh, I will say this Oklahoma team is is battle tested, and it's actually one of the most men- mentally tough Oklahoma teams I've seen in a long time. So I don't think this is going to be a trap game at all. I think Oklahoma is going to win big. Yeah, I like Oklahoma in this game a lot. Uh, Oklahoma, I I feel like they're just going to come in. They know exactly what to expect. Caleb Williams is going to start. He's going to dominate. And that's all I've got to say about that. And the Braves better re-sign Freddie Freeman because, my God, I, I that that right there just earned that man an extra $5 million a year for the next six years. Oh, I love him. That was huge. That was massive. And uh, I think Caleb Williams taking over for Oklahoma is also going to be massive for them. 
They've really struggled against the spread this season. Even with the wins, they're squeaking by wins. They're big favorites in these games, and they're not covering, um, even though they are 6-0. I think this is the first week where we start to see Oklahoma just dominate teams, and I think it's going to be because of Caleb Williams. If Spencer Rattler comes into this game, I think they lose because he's absolute garbage. But I think Caleb Williams is going to will them to a huge win, probably three touchdowns. And moving on to our next game, we have Auburn heading to Fayetteville, Arkansas to take on the number 17 Razorbacks. Arkansas is a three and a half point favorite. Matt, who are you picking in this game? So initially, whenever I, I thought I was looking at this game, man, this is this is a this is a really good matchup. Uh, initially, I thought that I was going to definitely pick Auburn, but I actually think I'm going to go Arkansas here. Um, I, I really like Arkansas being at home one, so they're not going to play in the Black Magic Cauldron that is. Jordan Hare, uh, and Arkansas has a really good quarterback in KJ Jefferson. Really fast, really physical guy. Reminds me a lot of Cam Newton. Uh, the Arkansas defense is pretty good too, and uh, looks like uh, based off of last week, Auburn's receivers couldn't catch a cold. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going Arkansas here. I'm going to go with Arkansas. I think defensively they're they're so much better, and then offensively, uh, Arkansas is just a better team with. See, I agree. I think Auburn's a good football team. I think Bo Nix deserves a little bit more credit than he's gotten this year, but I, he he's not a very good quarterback. He's not great. I think he's good, not great. Um, and I think it's the same with Auburn. Auburn's good. They're not a great team. I think they're a top 35 team, not a top 25 team. Um, Arkansas, to me, is a top 15 team this season. So I think Arkansas wins. I think it is close. I think it's like a four to five point game, but I'm going to roll with Arkansas. I think they're more physical. I think they got a better quarterback. And uh, I think they also have the best wide receiver in the SEC in Traylon Burks. I think he's going to go off. Um, moving on to our next game. Lando, did you pick? You picked Arkansas, right? Yep. Moving on to our next game, we have number 12, Oklahoma State, taking on number 25, Texas. Texas is a five-point favorite. Lando, uh, I'm assuming you're rolling with Oklahoma State since that was your lock. Yep, going with the Pokes. I need them to win and win big because I need them to be ranked really high when we when Oklahoma plays them late in the season. So, Pokes. I am actually going to go Texas here. Um, Texas showed me a lot last week, even though they lost to Oklahoma. Uh, quite frankly, Oklahoma should have won that game, and they should have won it by a lot more just based on talent. Uh, I think they're a more talented team than Texas. Steve Sarkeesian hasn't gotten his his guys in there with his system and everything that he likes yet. Um, so I think that was a good wake-up call for Texas, though, to show them that they're really not that far away from Oklahoma. Um, it, it, the gap has been much further in years past. So obviously Caleb Williams was the difference in that game, but but I think Texas, coming off of that loss, uh, we're going to see how they respond to a little bit of adversity, and I think that uh, we're going to have uh, Texas come out on top here. I, I like Texas. Wit. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Texas too. I think in that game against Oklahoma, they showed us that they have pieces to work around. Look, Casey Thompson, he's a dude. Xavier Worthy, he's a dude. He went for over 200 yards. Bijan Robinson, absolute dude. Uh, number zero on the defense with all the sweatbands on his arm. Can't remember his name, but he's a dude. Uh, <laughs> Texas has a really good team. They're missing a couple pieces, specifically in the secondary. 
I think they're going to roll against teams like Oklahoma State that don't really have the talent to keep up with them like Oklahoma does. I don't think Texas loses another game this season in the Big 12, maybe at all. I mean, I don't think they play anybody else besides the Big 12 from now on for the rest of the season anyway. So I got Texas. Texas winning cover. I think they win pretty big. I think they win by about 15 to 20. And rolling into our game of the week, this is the college game day game of the week as well. We have number 11, Kentucky. Heading into Athens, Georgia with me as well. Going to take on the number one Georgia Bulldogs, who are a 22.5 point favorite. Lando, he got. Dogs. Ain't close. Matt. Yeah. Kentucky is good. Kentucky is not elite. Georgia is elite. They're elite on defense, they're elite at running back. Uh, they, they are not an elite offensive team, but they are an elite team. I have no doubt in my mind that Georgia wins this. Uh, I think 23 is kind of a lot because Kentucky's defense is pretty good. Um, I, I could I could see this being like an 18 to 20 point win. So I, I feel like I might take Kentucky to cover this, uh, but but definitely Georgia to win by at least 17. Matt, I'm closer to where you are with this game. I don't think Kentucky's elite. I agree with that, Lando. Um, but I do think they're a good football team. I think they play good defense. I think they're really physical, and I'm very worried about all the injuries Georgia has on the offensive line. Um, the defense is super deep. I'm not super worried about some of those injuries, but the uh, receiver position, and um, if JT Daniels doesn't play, obviously that throws a little factor as well, even though Stetson's been playing. Very, very good. Um, I think this is going to be a tough matchup. I do think Georgia wins. I don't think they cover. I think it's going to be closer to... What did Matt say? 17? I think 17 is about where it's probably going to be. Maybe 14. Um, I could see it being a 10-point game as well. I don't really see Kentucky winning this game because I don't think they match up well with Georgia's defense. But yeah, I'm going to roll with the dogs. I'm going to say no cover, but I do think it's going to be really close. Wait, I just picked up my tickets for the game today. It was a little bit more expensive oh, than I would have <laughs> liked. Yeah, so I'll definitely see it there now for sure. Um, but I wanted to bring up something not Georgia-related that you mentioned earlier. You said uh, that if Desmond Ritter was on any other team, he would be a Heisman favorite. We haven't talked about Heisman favorites in a while. You guys want to talk about the Heisman race a little bit? Yeah, we could talk about the Heisman race a little bit. I, To be honest, I think the reason we don't talk about it is because there's not really anyone to talk about. I don't think there's a player in college football this season that has really stuck out enough for us to be like, this is the Heisman favorite. Um, to me, I think Desmond Ritter is the best quarterback in the country. Um, which usually wins the Heisman. So if I was like putting in a vote, he probably would be my vote. Um, and there's a, a bunch of other good players. Bijan Robinson's a beast. Kenneth Walker from Michigan State's been awesome. Um, I still like Bryce Young a lot. I think Matt Corral is a good player. Um, I think Caleb Williams is going to be a guy to watch once he gets in that Oklahoma offense. CJ Shroud's turning it on. But to me, I don't really have a favorite. Like there's not really a player that stands out to me. See, this, this year is it, it, it's it's kind of open which I think plays in favor of Matt Corral because now Bryce Young has a loss. So, like, had had Alabama gone undefeated, I feel like he, he by default, would have ended up beating out Matt Corral. But, like, if you watch the, that Ole Miss-Alabama game, Matt Corral didn't really play bad. And even Lane Kiffin came out and said that. Like, it, honestly, had we not had Matt Corral, it would have been a lot worse. So... I think Corral is still a guy that I feel like deserves all of the hype. 
around the Heisman because you take him off of Ole Miss and you put in John Rice Plumley, who is their backup, or even their Luke Altmeyer, who is a who is a guy that's a backup there. Ole Miss wouldn't put up the points that they do, and and so Matt Corral and what he did against uh, Arkansas this past weekend. I know that his the numbers aren't like super eye popping, but he only completed fourteen passes and had two hundred and eighty seven uh, yards of passing with two touchdowns. Then he also rushed for ninety four with two touchdowns. So like he he still carries that weight in my opinion. But a guy that I think could benefit from a year like this without there being a offensive player that is that top dog is Jordan Davis. I think if Jordan Davis keeps balling out on the defensive line for UGA, you could honestly see uh, 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 like he's he's an Indomitian Sioux type game changer that could get some Heisman votes because of the stage that George is going to play on all year. That would be crazy. A defensive lineman for Heisman. Yeah, I mean, and, and like Indomitian Sioux was in that position, and and Jordan Davis has that same kind of talent. Where like, quite frankly, if he wanted to take over a game and end it, he could. Yeah, um, I think if Bijan Robinson didn't get shut down in the second half of that Texas OU game and and balled out like he did in that, in that first quarter in that first half, I think he would would have been a really good like Heisman favorite. Uh, my Heisman favorite for right now is going to be the Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker the third. He's really good, and you know I think that Michigan State it wouldn't be the way they are right now if Kenneth Walker wasn't their running back. And I think the Braves just what would happen to the Braves just score? No, What's they happening? need one more out, one out away one from uh, out. going to the NLCS for the second consecutive year. Uh, okay, well, Keys is over here screwing around on his phone, didn't have the I game was pulled up. up. Heisman stuff, man. <laughs> you, you, you dummy. <laughs> it's the ninth inning. What do you mean looking up Heisman stuff? Oh, right. <laughs> we, can, we can look up Heisman stuff during Heisman season. It's it's, it's, yeah. it's week seven. We, we have we have we several weeks to. Yet. Hey yeah. man, look. All right, I'm in a temporary setup right now. Not having all the right. second monitor is really killing me. Right, Matt, no. I swear, if you if we win and you spoil it for me, I am throwing my laptop across. Okay, the room. don't look at me then. Here, I'll put it, like mute me or Matt, something. You, I'll, I didn't I'll look mute at you. Myself. I didn't look at you last time. You screened when when we when right, you hit I, the home run. I have muted myself. No, don't mute yourself. We still have to talk. We're we're doing a show right now. This is we're working. You can't mute yourself during work, Matt. We're working right now. I this know you're work. right, but I this mean, is work. But I can't hold in my un unfiltered emotions. I mean, my God, that's what the people want. <laughs> I keep checking notes, and Lando's like, "No, no." I'm like, "I'm sorry, Matt. I'm gonna have to ask you to get YouTube TV and get rid of your cable. We get a more delayed service, please." I looked at you in the wrong moment, but I'm still gonna freak out in about five seconds. What are you talking about? Let's go looking. Wow, what a loser. Sorry, Christian Yelich. Let's go back to the NLCS. Hooray. Oh, he just struck yeah. him out. Yeah. How about that? Go How about that? How about that? We were supposed to we were supposed to be sellers at the deadline. We were supposed to trade everybody away at the deadline and we're going to the freaking NLCS without our best player. Me and Chad actually mentioned at one point, like I said early in the year, I was like, we are the 2019 Nationals. I still got hope, man. I still got hope that we could be the 2019 Nationals. And Chad said something about the Cardinals of, I think, 2006 or 2005. Yeah, 2006. 2006. So, uh, you know, I can, I can see it. We got hot at the right time. Frederick Charles Freeman should be a brave for life. 
Well, that's the show. Thank you guys for listening as always. We appreciate it. Before you guys log off today, please don't forget to drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to our channel on Spotify, and give us a follow on our Instagram at Around the Keg and our Twitter at Around the Keg Pod. Send us any questions or topics you want us to discuss on the show, and we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Have a great week. See y'all.